0: Hi everyone. This is Gary Bean welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 13. LL Research is a non-profit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. And towards this end has two websites, the archive website llresearch.org and the community website bringforth.org. During each episode, those of us at LL Research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers. Our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for the Raw Contact, and president of LL Research, along with Austin Bridges and myself, who are working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well, each of us a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We will be discussing questions that are sent to us from spiritual seekers around the globe. Our replies to these questions aren't final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations, stemming from our own studies and life experiences. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion, as we consider questions that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. We always ask each who listens to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance in determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for this show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. To do so, you may either send an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I'm Gary, and we are embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast in the now. Austin and Jim, are you there? We are. Ready to go. All right, if we're all here, then we'll ask our first question. This one comes from Nicholas via Bringforth. Uh, Nick says, Hi, guys. I was wondering what Ra meant when they used the word misapplied when Don asked the question about how to balance the ego in session 15.11. I'm currently reading our cartoles, The Power of Now, and reading about how mind identification is described as the quote false del- false self, and understandably so, does this term refer to what Ra meant in your understanding? And I guess I'll ask the second part of Nicholas qu- Nicholas's question now. Unless, would you guys prefer that it be divided up? Um, no, but- I
1: think we could good do the whole thing. Ask away.
0: All right. Then part two of the next question is also later on they do, that is, Ra works with this concept in 62.20. Yet Ra refers to it as a distortion. But winding back to 15.11 Ra asserts that, quote, understanding cannot come from it. So can we say from this that every distortion is a misapplication of how things actually are? Or is it simply that As Don became more aware or enlightened during the sessions, Ra, in turn, became more flexible with their terminology. And eeny, meeny, miny, let's start with Jim. What do you think, Jim? (laughs) Well, uh, the term ego
2: has got a lot of meanings. Uh, Usually it's uh, self-esteem or confidence or self-image or self-importance. If you use the term, however, in the way of egotistical, You're using it in a negative sort of way where you're putting yourself above others or better than others or usually controlling others. And that seems to be the way that Ra finally came around to referring to it when they were talking about the uh, third ray blockage. The yellow ray blockages would be the closest thing to ego. And when they're talking about a blockage, they're talking about a difficulty that's occurring. And they also talked about the uh, negative oriented entities would attempt to uh, distract Positively oriented groups and entities by distorting the ego, which again suggests a um, a negative interpretation of this portion of the personality. Um, again, in psychoanalysis, that it says uh, it's a mediator between the conscious and subconscious. In philosophy, it's the conscious thinking subject. So, there are so many definitions about what the ego is. I think Raw was suggesting that we uh, really can't use it. It's it's a too nebulous a term. And the closest they could come was a distortion of the yellow ray blockages. Austin, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that Ra didn't want to work with a term that has a thousand different definitions in our society. But they seemed to go ahead and just do it for the sake of the question. And Nicholas says that they work with a concept in 6220, but they actually used it in the question directly after they said that in 1512. Uh, they went ahead and used it in the sense that you were talking about, Jim, and the um, yellow raid blockage or distortion. So I definitely think that that's why they didn't want to use it is because you, know, you ask a thousand different people what they think ego means, and you will probably get a thousand slightly variant answers. So, a little history behind the term ego. Um, I believe that it was originated by Freud, or rather, Freud's uh, translators. According to Ken Wilber, who is one of my favorite authors and favorite spiritual teachers, Freud used the word I in German rather than the Latin ego, and when the translators were translating Freud's work. They felt like the term was significantly different from how we use the term I or how the term I is generally applied in our language. And so they decided to make it a little different and a little fancier and went with the Latin version and called it ego instead of just I. But Freud originally just called it I. And I think... That And translating it differently, that may have spawned some of the distortions that we see now from it. Um, But I think that we can still work with it, especially if we just uh, define it before we really use it or uh, just talk about it before we apply it. I think if you just start talking about ego without really giving a definition, then you're really opening it up to misinterpretation and misapplication. So the passage that Nicholas refers to in sixty two twenty, Ra's talking about psychic greeting and how it might affect seekers or channelers specifically, I think. And they say, if fourth density temptations, shall we shall we say, towards distortion of ego are not successful, then the fifth density entity thinks in terms of removal of light. And I think that Ra's use of this term in this passage is somewhere in between Freud's original use and the modern kind of spiritual use of the term and ross says uh towards distortion of ego which could be interpreted the way that uh, jim interprets it and saying that ego itself is a sort of distortion or how i interpreted it was to say that the ego is then distorted Previously, in the same session where Ross said they couldn't work with Ego, they related Ego to the Yellow Ray Energy Center, which I see as a sort of a social interface. The Yellow Ray manages and deals with our relationships to society and to other selves in a societal context having a strong crystallized yellow ray would indicate that we are comfortable and effective within our social identity and our sense of self is at peace with our place in society. And Freud had another term called the superego, which I interpret to mean something similar to a higher self, which might kind of make sense considering super is sort of a over or higher and ego would be the I, And so that would be sort of like a higher I. Uh, but perhaps it's better to say it's more of an idealized self in Freud's use because it's not exactly the same type of higher self that we're used to working with from the raw material. Um, Freud kind of used it as a sense of self which has moral and spiritual goals that might sometimes be at odds with our more baser desires and drives, which Freud called those baser desires, drives, the instincts. Uh, Freud called that the id. The ego's function is supposedly to manage any discrepancy between the two, between our higher goals and spiritual desires and morals and our lower Uh, more basic desires and instincts. So if we look at this concept of ego, managing relationships between the lower self and the higher self, we can imagine what might happen if this relationship is distorted. Freud recognized that the ego had defense mechanisms in place to alleviate The anxiety that resulted from the dissonance and discrepancy between our lower basic desires and our higher ideals. And we use things like projection, suppression, dissociation, denial, and things like that. We don't necessarily consciously use those, but supposedly our ego employs those tactics so that we aren't just... Uh, overwhelmed with anxiety throughout our entire lives because uh, our id and our super egos are supposedly always at odds with each other so perhaps a person presents their social identity which would be yellow ray as being free of base desires let's say like sexual less lust for example Uh, They may put on a face of someone who has transcended such base desires, but in reality they are secretly having an affair or something along those lines. And they'll probably rationalize it so that they don't experience dissonance between their higher sense of morals, which they're presenting in their societal self, which are free from these base desires, and their actions that spring from these base desires, this uh, dishonest relationship. Uh, this dishonest affair that they're having. And this would be a distortion of ego, I think. And because the rationalization is used to dishonestly avoid discrepancy between the superego and the id, I think that uh, that would be a type of distortion of the ego. And I think this could manifest spiritually in the sense that Ra was talking about. Let's say a person on a spiritual path Uh, has become very aware of their moral framework and contemplating their actions in contrast to those ideals that are in their moral framework. If a person holds certain spiritual ideals, such as behaving a certain way spiritually or morally, and yet they have desires that bend against those ideals, they might rationalize it or deny it or project it onto others so that they don't feel that dissonance. And a fourth density negative psychic greeting might charge these temptations which go against our higher ideals held by uh, our spiritual seeking self. And Distort the ego so that uh, we allow ourselves to give in to these temptations, while the ego denies or suppresses any dishonesty in the situation, and especially in ways that we relate to other selves on a social level. So that is uh, one interpretation I think of what Ra was referring to in the sixty-two twenty when they talk about temptation from fourth density psychic greeting causing distortion of the ego. I think that. the person that is being greeted probably has a solid moral framework uh, that is a result of their spiritual seeking that they are then uh, tempted to go against and then their ego is distorted in a way that they either have to uh, deny it, suppress it, or do something to defend against it or simply just feel anxiety and kind of shut down because there's a discrepancy between the two. Uh, so that's my take on Ra's use of ego in that specific sense, but I think there are many different ways the ego is used in the spiritual realm that I believe Gary is pretty familiar with. Uh, Gary, do you have any uh, different takes on ego? Yeah, I was going to build off um,
0: <clears throat> where you and Jim went in your replies and focus more on what I think is the right application of the term, if you're going to use the term. Uh, Ra said specifically that this term is misapplied. Misapplied implies that there is a right way to use it. Um, Ra is simply saying that our society doesn't use it the right way. And for reasons that um, both of you guys stated, um, and I think, uh, Austin, there's uh, a lot of water to the Uh, your specific model of its use or your uh, interpretation for the way Ra may have been approaching it in order to communicate with Don. Um, So as to what the right way is, if there is a right way, I don't know. Um, I would start off by saying that according to Ra's cosmology, as I understand it, there is really no, there isn't an individual self. Um, There's just... As the Buddhist will tell you, and Eckhart Tolle insists, uh, a composite of memories and sensations, anticipations, and threads of narratives all organized around this idea of I. <clears throat> There's um, a story, you might say, of an individual self um, that has a seeming history with an accumulation of past experiences built upon this set of beliefs and blockages and needs and wants and fears, and all of it arising out of what Ramana Maharshi calls the I thought. Uh, Maharshi saw the I thought as the core, the root, the seed, from which all else springs, all manner of illusions, the world itself. Comes out of this, I thought. Here's a quote from Ramana I found in researching um, a reply to Nicholas's question. "Quote: We are always nothing but the self, but associating ourselves with the ignorance of limitation, with an ego, we forget the seer and identify ourselves with the scene. But what can be done about it? <clears throat> the habit is so long standing. Birth after birth has been imagined, century after century has been fabricated by the mind." which has thus steeped itself more and more in ignorance. It now finds itself disinclined and even if willing, almost unable to disentangle itself from the thralls of the play world it has created. So this, the story of the eye, <clears throat> which is my long way of explaining what I think the right use of the word ego is. Um, Can, uh, uh, transpires for a long span of time. We make it so real and solid and seemingly permanent. But against the backdrop of infinity, this individual I, <clears throat> or ego, is a mirage, a fiction, an illusion. Both uh, Eckhart Tolle and Ramana Maharshi refer to um, that ego as a, they literally call it a false I um, that is superimposed over the actual true self. Um, and this false eye is, or ego, is, is a phantom that vanishes upon investigation uh, when the self is realized to be the ever-present one. So why is, why is it false? I guess I've been describing some of that. Um, Ra and uh, those humans to whom the true nature of reality has been disclosed say that there is only one. The law is one. And in all the endless explorations of manyness, there is ever only one self. Anything seemingly other than the one self is what Ra calls an illusion. That includes uh, all three of us talking here today, and um, as we presently perceive ourselves, we're oddly and paradoxically, paradoxically, we're we're simultaneously. The truth that we seek, and we are the illusions that obscure that truth from ourselves. So in that sense, um as Tole uses it, as Ramana Maharshi uses it, and as I believe, as Ra might nod their collective social memory complex head <laughs> in favor of, um I see the ego as that consciousness which is identified exclusively with the individual mind-body-spirit complex, that consciousness which sees itself as a distinct, freestanding, non-dependent, um, separate entity which looks out and sees a world through the same lens. Um, it's, a, it's a knot of selfhood that contracts our attention into a little identity that's armored against our actual infinite and boundless natures. Um, the misapplications uh, seem so far as I understand the idea, the misapplication seems to narrow it to uh, to a very limited range, um, perhaps even to a blockage within a, a spectrum of seven chakras, or to a component in the larger personality, whereas the right use describes the whole package of an illusory, non-real non- actual self. Um, and then to try to tackle the second part of Nicholas's question, he was wondering, he was asking, um, so Ra uses both the word distortion and the idea of misapplication in relationship to the concept of ego. So Nicholas is asking, is a distortion a misapplication then? And my thought on that is that if, if there is only infinity or unity or eternity, whatever your terminology, and it is the ability of infinity to distort itself that creates the realms of manyness that we experience, then I wouldn't say that distortion is equivalent to misapplication. Um, though you could say that every activity is a distortion because we're constantly distorting infinity. And therefore, to misapply is also a distortion. Um, I don't see distortion as always being a misapplication, per se. I'm looking at my next paragraph, wondering if I should cut it off or keep going. I'll read. I don't think that a... um, A distortion somehow lessens or reduces infinity or somehow gets outside of infinity or becomes other than infinity. Rather, distortion just obscures and conceals infinity, creating entire holographic systems of perception that make it appear as if the constituent residents exist and operate in a field which is finite and many, those residents subject to the dual master illusions of time and space and able to distort their experience further so i wouldn't say that's a misapplication per se um you guys have any further thoughts on that question all out of thoughts
1: (laughs) i just might i think that your definition helps to paint how different people look at the term ego differently in that you said that in the way that you think that ra might have been using it or that a lot of spiritual teachers use it it is an exclusive identity with the finite mind body spirit complex that's sort of what you meant right yeah. and uh in that sense ego is kind of seen as a negative thing not a uh, Necessarily innately negative, but just not helpful for our spiritual progression because we are lacking the identity with the higher self. But Jim, you at one point asked Ra a question or Don asked on your behalf in session 18, question five. You ask, much of the mystic tradition of seeking on earth holds that belief that the individual self must be erased or obliterated and the material world ignored for an entity to reach nirvana, as it is called, or enlightenment. What is the proper role of the individual self and its worldly activities in aiding an entity to grow more into the law of one? And in that question, I kind of interpret your use of individual self as ego and essentially... Uh, The question is asking if it's proper for us to just destroy the ego and identify completely with the larger, truer, eternal sense of self. And Ra's answer to your question, I think, is one of my favorite answers they gave to any questions. And it's pretty long. Uh, Do you think I should just go ahead and read the whole thing? Is it relevant to this discussion? Yeah, we're at 22 minutes. Okay. Uh, Ra responded The proper role of the entity is in this density to experience all things desired, then to analyze, understand, and accept these experiences, distilling from them the love light within them. Nothing shall be overcome, that which is not needed falls away. The orientation develops due to analysis of desire. These desires become more and more distorted towards conscious application of love-light as the entity furnishes itself with distilled experience. We have found it to be inappropriate in the extreme to encourage the overcoming of any desires except to suggest the imagination, rather than the carrying out in the physical plane, as you call it, of those desires not consonant with the law of one, this preserving the primal distortion of free will. The reason it is unwise to overcome is that overcoming is an unbalanced action creating difficulties and balancing in the time-space continuum. Overcoming thus creates the further environment for holding on to that which apparently has been overcome. All things are acceptable in the proper time for each entity, and in experiencing, in understanding, and accepting, in then sharing with other selves, the appropriate description shall be moving away from distortions of one kind to distortions of another which may be more consonant with the law of one. It is, shall we say, a shortcut to simply ignore or overcome any desire. It must instead be understood and accepted. This takes patience and experience, which can be analyzed with care, with compassion for the self, and for other self. What I think, uh, how I would apply this raw quote to what we're talking about here is that raw is essentially saying uh, the ego isn't something to just be destroyed flat out, but it is something to be worked with within our illusion. Uh, to gain a greater sense of self-awareness, to uh, find out how to identify with this higher sense of self, this higher sense of I-ness rather than this lower sense of I-ness. And so if ego is used more as a neutral term, I think that Ra is describing here a balanced use of the ego, uh, whereas if ego is used more in a a negative sense, then Ra is saying that the ego is worked with and moved away from to identify with something larger than that exclusive individual self. Can you repeat that last sentence? <laughs> that Ra is saying that uh, if ego is used in the negative sense, that they are saying we move away from that individualized identity to a larger identity. Uh, the larger, truer, eternal sense of I rather than the finite, individual sense of I. So you're saying it's
0: the negative spin on the term ego to say that ego is the exclusive identification with the small I?
1: Yeah, that's not saying that that is the wrong use of the term ego. But if ego is uh, sort of interpreted in a negative sense, then uh, Ra is saying we move away from the ego uh, and gradually identify with a larger sense of self that is not uh, finite as the ego is.
0: If the term ego lends itself to that mentality that says I must overcome and destroy, then I concur that that is a a negative interpretation or at least not a, a positive interpretation or positive use of the word. And I agree with you entirely that, um, I think the term in its highest use should at least be neutral. Um, But as I intended it, and uh, in the context of identifying exclusively with the small I, I don't think that that's inherently negative, um, because I think that the ego itself isn't some kind of aberration or abnormality or... Malfunction or something that went wrong in the cosmic picture, I see uh, the ego um, as being purposeful and intentional. I mean, it has um, something that has facilitated the creator completely forgetting itself. It, it wanted to be veiled. From the truth, so as to make this choice uh, by faith alone. And and the ego or the the false eye or the exclusive identification with the small eye is that which facilitates that. And the journey of spiritual evolution is to go beyond that. And there's a couple, there's different roads one can take to go beyond that. And there is the negative road of um, attempting to overcome, suppress, control, destroy. As far as I see, that's the more of the same. That's the ego trying to get rid of the ego. That's the false eye trying to eliminate the false eye. Whereas the other road that one can take that has a positive relationship to the term and is a positive road is the road as you were describing in that quote, which seeks to accept the self completely as it is right now, including that ego. And through that acceptance and through that self-awareness, um, there is a surrender to what is. Not an attempt to control or wipe away the ego, but just a, a surrender to what already is. And then the ego, as your, the quote you read indicates, is... Um, piece by piece falls away until as Ross says happens in, um, the contact with intelligent infinity, all illusions can be dismantled and the ego can be got beyond or transcended at least, or made, um, transparent to the underlying greater reality. So it's not to say that the ego is a wrongness that must be transcended. It has a purpose and a, and a meaning and, um, but just that there's a positive way and a negative way to relate to it and and uh, uh, work with it, if you choose to work with it at all.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's, there's semantic difficulty here. And when I use the negative interpretation, the term negative interpretation, um, raw has a specific use of the term right, negative interpretation and in that it's not how I was using it necessarily. Um, but I agree with everything that you said Really quickly Just to touch on the very last Thing that Nicholas asked And whether or not Ra became more flexible With their terminology as uh, Time went on Or why exactly did Ra say that they couldn't Work with the term ego and then Work with the term ego um, I'm not really sure that's a good question uh, Any thoughts On that one No except
0: maybe rise mischievous, I, I don't know.
2: Well, they worked with uh, a distortion that they were likening unto that which we were calling the ego. So I think they were trying to um, make some reference to it, but I don't think they were really working with it per se.
1: Yeah, they may have initially just meant that we haven't laid a groundwork to properly use this term because the term is so misapplied And has such variance in meaning That once a little bit of groundwork Was laid they were then Comfortable using it because they understood How Don intended to use it And then with more context They could use it without uh, Greater distortion
0: Yeah it's Ra's mind remains mysterious to me on this one Well that puts us 30 minutes just on the mark. I think in that case, then we will wrap up the show. Jim, did you want to say anything to the listeners?
2: Yeah, we always enjoy presenting a show to you, whether we're conscious or unconscious. And we thank you for sending in questions. They are the food on which we dine, and we thank you for just listening and sending your energy our way. We appreciate that very much, and we love you all a lot. We hope you have a really good week, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
0: You've been listening to LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and a special thank you to those who submitted questions. If you'd like to send us a question, please read the instructions on our page at www.llresearch.org slash podcast. Uh, new episodes are published to the Archive website every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening to this episode currently, it, w- it is being published on August 2nd and then we'll be on break for a couple weeks due to our homecoming gathering happening so that our next show will be published on August, or I'm sorry, September September 23rd. Have a wonderful few weeks and we'll talk with you then.